This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. The kids are all having fun out there, and we're in here also having fun. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. It's just nice, isn't it? And that's what really I want to focus on this morning, is the fact that we as a family, we've had a busy time, haven't we? I don't mean me and Lol, I mean all of us. We've had a really busy time, haven't we? A lot's gone off, a lot's happened. We're only in April. Apparently it's May in a few days. The only reason I know that is because there's a bank holiday next weekend. I only get excited when I see those dots on the calendar. Anybody else one of those who looks for those and then you realise that it's Scotland? Oh. <laughs> Why did they do that? Don't give me one of them calendars. It builds me up and upsets me. But we've been really, really busy, which is really, really good. And the good news is, too, that we're going to be really, really busy. So today is a day where we can breathe. Today is a day where we just need to breathe and enjoy just a time together and enjoy just being a family. We're saved, redeemed, set free because of all that Jesus has done. As we put our faith and our trust in him, we've received life. That's good news. There's the gospel for you. But this morning, I wanted to just take a moment to reset I like to reset every now and again, just to, to clear the headspace and go, right, that's what's happened. We're now here. We can't live back there. It's great. We build from it and we go forward from this moment. And that's what hopefully we can do today. And really, I find that always for me, and I'm sure you're the same, the best place to start again is at the foot of the cross. There is no better place to start than the very foot of the cross. We look forward to what's coming uh, for the rest of the year in 2018. The fun day looks exciting. The fun day looks real good, mainly because there's a bouncy castle and I might get to go on it. Or if I'm privileged enough, get to perhaps see Anita on the bouncy castle, (laughs) which is out and out one of the best experiences of my life. Never been on a bouncy castle before. She's, of course, 23 years old and And when she got on the bouncy castle, well, I've seen kids excited, and then I've seen Anita. She was excited. But hopefully we'll be able to enjoy that day. And we know that there's lots of preparation that goes into all these things. But the idea is that we have fun together, that we enjoy being together, and we enjoy telling people about Jesus with a smile on our face, don't we? And joy in our hearts that says, this is what we're about. So a busy few months ahead... But an exciting moment nonetheless this morning. Because as we focus and we sit at the foot of the cross, we've read this morning from John chapter 10 and verse 11 through 18, such a wonderful part of scripture as Jesus just unlocks, unlocks all that he's got in store for those at that time and all that he's had in store for you and me. You see, we're mentioned in this part. Don't you like that? You see, at this time, Jesus is talking to the Jews around about him, but he mentions you and me. Have you ever seen it? We'll have a look. The nice thing is, too, that as we just do that, we can also just enjoy the facilities that we've now got. 
I don't know, um, anybody else no good at having food on the knee? With, a, with one of those paper plates? <laughs> Listen, I've ruined many a carpet. <laughs> but uh, the nice thing is, when you step through into the other side, as I'm sure you've seen as you've come in, there, there are tables set out. I know, it's, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? So now we can actually sit at a table, perhaps, if you're quick enough, <laughs> and you can get a seat around the table and you can enjoy your food. Or you can do what John does. He stands, eats the protein, then he goes back for some more protein, and he stands and eats. Apparently it digests quicker. Not so sure. That's what he keeps telling me. But this morning, let's just reset, shall we? Let's just have a look at what Laura read for us. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's clear there, isn't he? As Jesus is talking to the Jews around him, he says, I am the good shepherd. There's no arguing with that, is there? There's no arguing at all with that. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the interesting thing there that he then says, the good shepherd, who's the good shepherd? Jesus. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, back in those days, the shepherds were expected to look after their sheep. They were expected to make sure that the flock, A, didn't wander off, but B, that nothing came into the territory of those sheep so that they didn't get attacked or taken by bears or wolves or whatever it might be. Lions and tigers and bears. (laughs) Very good, very good. If that weren't on the recording, I'd be disappointed. Somebody said, oh my, just in case, (laughs) lions and tigers and bears. But that's what the shepherd was expected to do. They were expected to defend their sheep. But I also know that for them it was just a job. Now, it was their livelihood, yes. But it takes a lot, doesn't it? When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he doesn't say that I'll try and protect my sheep. He says, I will lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus says, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And he goes on to say, the hired hand is not the shepherd. Somebody who just comes in to do a job, maybe to look after the sheep for the weekend, because you've got to go to Marbella. I've heard that's what people do. Yeah, wherever he's going, that's somewhere around there. But as he goes off and does what he uh, does, then the hired hand is there to look after the sheep. But we too know that the hired hand is perhaps not invested as much as the, the guy whose sheep they are. He's not as invested. Really, he's there because he's earning a bit of pocket money perhaps over the weekend. And the hired hand is not going to be the one that's going to fight the wolf or the bear He's going to abandon the sheep, the Bible says, and he's going to run off. And the wolf attacks the, uh, the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away. And again, Jesus says in 14, I am the good shepherd. What's that telling us? Well, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to leave you. As you put your faith and your trust in him as your own personal saviour, those words there that Jesus is saying to, to the Jews is, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to leave you. And in a few weeks, few months time from this point, they would perhaps think to themselves, well, you seem to have left us as Jesus was crucified on the cross. But we too know that he returned, that he rose again, and that as believers that he sent his Holy Spirit so that we are never alone. They're obviously playing the wide game in there. Anybody ever played the wide game? It's a very dangerous game. It's a Yorkshire game, that one. 
They run it. You've got to get across from one side to the other without being tagged. You can imagine, can't you? There's people you should play that with and people you shouldn't play that with. Because a lot of people have a shut-off valve. And there are also people that don't have a shut-off valve and pain just ensues. Anyway, I don't know why I drifted there, but just in case. But we understand and we realise from what the Bible says then that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he goes on to say, I know my sheep. And interestingly, he also says that my sheep know me. Have you ever seen that? Well, of course you have. Have you ever digested it? Because Jesus knows us, we know that. The Bible tells us that God knows every hair on our heads. He knows when we lie down. He knows when we get back up. He knows a thought that we have before we even think it. Before a word is on our lips, he knows it completely. This is as the psalmist unlocks how much God knows about us. But the good news is that God knows that much about you. And he still loves you. Isn't that amazing? There are certain people in our life that that perhaps know the most about us. And that sometimes can be off-putting, can't it, lol? (laughs) She knows a lot about me and I I can be off-putting. It's true. She's not at all. Thanks, Kirsty. I appreciate that. (laughs) But the truth is that Jesus says, I know my sheep. I still love them. And my sheep know me. And that's a real challenge for us. Because we need to know Jesus. We need to know and to understand all that he's got for us. We need to know and understand that God has given us the very opportunity at life. It's all right reading it. It's all right hearing it. But we have to do something about it. We have to know Jesus. Else we aren't in the category of his sheep. And Jesus says to us, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He's willing to give his very best for his sheep. He's willing to give his very best for you and for me. Sometimes we think we don't deserve anything. In fact, I hope most of the time we realize we don't deserve anything. But God says to you and to me that you deserve nothing, but I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you the chance at life through my son, Jesus Christ. And as we start to understand that, we start to see Now, as Jesus goes into these next few lines, that he then talks about us. He says here in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. Remember, he's talking to the Jews. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock. You see, right here, back in uh, as Jesus is unlocking to the Jews what he is all about, that they believe that they were, they were, they were it. They were waiting for the Messiah. They couldn't see the Messiah in front of their eyes. They were waiting for a rescuer that was going to come and save them from the Roman Empire. But what they missed is that God sent a saviour who was going to save the world from sin and death. That's what they missed. And this morning, as we read that, we see that Jesus says, I've got other sheep. They're not of this pen. I've got to bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And this is the joy of when we read scripture, that it opens up to us the chance that we have of life. It's not pulling punches here. It's giving us the opportunity to see clearly that Jesus is the good shepherd and that he laid down his life for you and for me. 
And he gives us the opportunity to get to know him. To put our faith and our trust in him. To ask him into our hearts as our saviour. You know, this morning, much like every morning when we wake up, we have the opportunity to do something about the sin in our lives. We have the opportunity to ask a wonderful, perfect God for forgiveness. We have the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the wrong things in my life, and they are numerous. Please come into my heart and change me from the inside out. And as believers, although we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we still get things wrong. We do wrong things. We are sinners saved by grace. Don't ever walk into church and think, well, I'm not good enough. I don't qualify. You are good enough because none of us are good enough. None of us are good enough, but Jesus is. Jesus is which is why it was wholly necessary for him to come, to be perfect, to take our place on that cross. And we come into church knowing that we are loved. We come into church knowing that these people that are perhaps sat down here that might have done church for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever that might be, nobody will judge because we know that we're nothing. But Christ is everything, amen? And that's the joy of church. That's the joy of a family. That we're together in what we do. That we love the Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to serve him wholeheartedly. And we're here to share the gospel, the good news about Jesus. You know, as he goes on, he tells us that we have to listen to his voice. But as we do that, we see in verse 17, the reason that my father loves me is that I lay down my life. This is what Jesus needed to do. He listened to what God had called him to do. He listened and he obeyed. In an obedience, he went to the cross. So therefore, God loves him for that because God loves us. The verse on the back of the wall on the other side of this wall here says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. There will be a day, unless the Lord returns, that I will go into a box and six feet underground. But that's just my shell. It's just this. It gets older every day. Sometimes a little bit disappointing. But the good news is that this, that this lives on, that I will go to see my Savior face to face, that my soul is saved, redeemed, set free, and I will be with Jesus one day because my Bible tells me so. And that's the joy that we have. In a hopeless world, we have hope. Amen? He freely gave his life so that we might live. And you know, as we just unlock that portion of Scripture, and as we see how much God loves us, you know, that's the reason that we do Sunday. That's the reason that we do church. But that's the reason that we live like we do. Because God has given us everything. And this morning, again, as a family, there are things that we want to do together because it's important. And one of them is to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. One of them is to break bread together. And if you've never broke bread in church, just sit by and watch. That's not a problem. 
And all we're going to simply do, it is a piece of bread, most likely from Morrison's. And in that cup is, well, it's Ribena. It could even be cheaper than that. But the truth is, is that it represents something so priceless and so special. It represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as John will break it, as we share together, that symbolizes the breaking of his body for you and me. And we share it together because he freely gave to us. It's nothing special. It is bread. But it speaks of everything to us. And two, we're going to share the cup, which represents his blood, which was shed for us. His blood, which was poured out for us. No longer, the Bible says, to wash over sin, but to wash it away for eternity. So that I can go before a holy God and he says, come on. Now that's a privilege. And this morning as we do it, as simple as it is, it means everything to us because it speaks of life that we have in and through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, let's reset. You know, we have to get a really sharp pencil and hold that little button for 20 seconds. We're going to reset. We're going to take stock. We're going to breathe together. And then we're going to step into what's to come. Amen? Let's break bread. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.